There we go. We good here? Oh, yeah, I hear it. Will you give um, those to Abby and David and then take one for yourself? I'm going to teach. Yep. Mom will want one. Okay. All right. This is the penultimate lesson in the foundations class, which means there's only one more after this. And I guess the handout that was remaining was the one that I was going to use for myself. And I'll just be getting my exercise in this morning. So this is, uh, yeah, the the, uh, second to last lesson. And this lesson is designed to be the last lesson when we're going to do this class in the future, um, just as an opportunity to give everyone time to ask questions about everything that has been said. But next week, I'm teaching uh, the ABF lesson. We're taking just a one-week break on the resurrection, or not resurrection, on the tactics, and I'm going to be teaching on why I'm going to be preaching on the last uh, number of verses in Mark's gospel, Mark 16, 9 through 20, uh, so it only makes sense to do that on the day I'm preaching that text. So that's next week. Um, so the design of, of this, you see a very bare-bones outline. I'm just going to go through these various ministries, and um, then I want to have a, some time to talk about uh, or answer any questions that you might have had that have come up over the last number of weeks or uh, questions that you've you've uh, you, just, you just had, and you want to ask. So this could even be a, an Ask the Pastor opportunity, you know, this morning. I won't wax long on each of these. Um, and, you know, if we get out early enough, then okay. I'm not going to keep you here until 10.30. Okay. But we'll see what questions you guys have. Uh, but you, you should stay because we have worship at 10.45. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's pray. Our gracious God, we come before you. We thank you for this opportunity this morning to consider what you, what you do through Cross Creek and how you minister to your people here. Do pray, Lord, that this would be informative, would be useful to us all, and that we might see where we might um, get plugged in as well and be uh, useful servants in your kingdom as it is locally expressed here in Christ, I may pray. Amen. All right, well, I wanted to just give a couple passages of Scripture here. Uh, first is 2 Timothy 3. And, you know, it's good just to read verses 10 to the rest of the, to the end of the chapter. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct. 2 Timothy 3, 10 through the end. Uh, you, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, 
while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. And now from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then we turn to Hebrews 10, and we see verse 24 and 25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, in just these two Pauline passages, we have uh, two emphases. The first is on continuing in the Word of God. And the Word of God is essential. It has four prophets, if you will, four uh, uses, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And the, the result... The purpose of this fourfold inspired scripture is that the man of God, or you could say that the Christian, would be complete or competent, equipped for every good work. That is to say, every good spiritual work. As Peter would say, God has given us all that we need that pertains to life and godliness according to the knowledge of Christ. So we have uh, the word's emphasis on the word. We all, as Christians, want to be, at least we profess that we want to be taught and reproved, corrected and trained in righteousness, because we want to be more like Jesus. And the second passage, Hebrews 10, speaks about the necessity of one anothering. It is our uh, call to, uh, to stir one another up to love and good deeds. We are to encourage one another. This is not... Uh, a setting where it's just me and my Bible, and I get to receive the Word, and then I just go home, and I don't interact with anybody. I need to be intimately involved in the life of the assembly, in the life of the church. So those two passages set the, the tone for the various ministries of Cross Creek Presbyterian Church. We have Word, and, of course, the word is also seen in the, the sacrament, the visible word, baptism and the Lord's Supper. And we have fellowship. We have genuine relationships where we are mutually encouraging one another. And you can't have those relationships if you don't get involved in various offerings, various studies, various gatherings. So, that's why we have a variety of offerings. We must be reminded that our primary ministry is the exaltation of the name of Christ. It is the worship of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is why we, we come here in the morning, and often in the evening, to worship the Lord. That is our first, as our primary duty. And privilege. And that's what is commanded. So the other studies here, the other opportunities here, 
are not commanded, but are encouraged. We want everyone to be involved in as many things as they can for their own encouragement from the Lord, His Word, and for their encouraging others. We want everyone to be complete, equipped for every good work. We want everyone to be mature in Christ. So, we have various means of bringing that about. And uh, obviously, you can't do it all. And in some of these cases, according to your gender, you can't and shouldn't do it all. So, women, no, you are not invited to the men's Bible studies. But that's okay. There are women's Bible studies. And men, no, you're not invited to the women's Bible studies. Though some do, do go and provide some protection and uh, security. And that's good. And that's, a, that's, that's helpful. Well, we have the first ministry uh, offering here, Adult Bible Fellowship, ABF, Sunday School. So this is just, uh, a lot of this, of course, is, is uh, familiar to, to many, if not all of you. Um, but this is, the, we are in this time right now. <laughs> this is the ABF hour. And if you are an adult, or then you are in this setting. If you are a child, uh, you are typically in the non-ABF setting doing Sunday school. And we have various grade levels, of course. Uh, we have something for everyone, and we have age-appropriate curriculum. Uh, so it's an opportunity for, for everyone at every level to hear uh, the Word of God. Every, there's always some Bible lesson, some um, catechetical study, you know, some classes are learning the shorter catechism or children's catechism. In some settings, there's opportunity to sing. I know that the, the younger ones sing all the way back there, and sometimes in ABF, we, we sing a hymn before or after the, the study. These are opportunities to, uh, to grow in our, to grow in the instruction of the Lord. We, we want to grow according to the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And that means we need to be put, uh, we need the Word of God put before us regularly. Are there any questions about ABF and Sunday school? How do you plan out and then submit to the session some proposal for ABF just before the next year comes and we do have different emphases according to quarter or um, semester. So we try to cover various things like, um, you know, discipleship or uh, Bible study. Sometimes we'll have a, if we have an Old Testament book in the fall, we'll have usually a, a New Testament book in the spring. Um, and then we, we, do cover, we do cover things like... Uh, Confession of faith, so we might focus on a particular chapter in the Confession of Faith, as we've done before, like on the Covenant. Um, and the, so, oh, as, as, as you guys know, we're doing the apologetics, so sometimes we'll look at various um, polemical or evangel, uh, evangelistic uh, methods and uh, topics that are very controversial that we, we know the Word of God speaks to. Do you have a question, Steve, or a comment?
there's no age too young to attend ABF. Um, that's up to the parent. Uh, it's general, but it's, the content is usually geared towards the adults because we know that children have other opportunities. Um, and I see a couple uh, children and, uh, of varying ages even here right now, and they are in, the, in an ABF class. And that's good. I believe you're 12 and you're 16. Yeah, that's a disparity of four years. Okay. Good question. So we try to cover the whole gamut of studies uh, throughout the, you know, a year or so. And we just make our way. Okay. So there are other studies. We have men's Bible study, which meets on Saturdays from 8 to 9 in the morning, and we usually go for five, eight weeks or so, take a couple week break, a month break, according to the season. Sometimes we cover an Old Testament or a New Testament book, sometimes we cover a section like we did the, the Psalms, the Sons of Korah, um, and sometimes we take a non-biblical book like the one that's going to start this coming Saturday is on Friendship, Iron Sharpens Iron. And I have in mind that we'll probably do a biography on John Calvin in October, October and November in the spirit of Reformation, uh, and also so I can read a book that I'm, I'm in, in my effort to write my dissertation on Calvin. It's, you know, Killing Cold Birds with One Stone. So I haven't read this book yet, so I need to read it. Um, so, you know, eight to nine, and it's a good opportunity. We, we, try, we try to end right at nine, and Normally, or we used to have some breakfast, but it's not happened yet in a little while. Uh, and we try to cut at nine because we want people to be able to go about their day. Uh, and of course, people are allowed to hang back and enjoy some heated discussion or uh, godly conversation, intense fellowship, or whatever. And we're not kicking anyone out, but we also know that people have families, and Saturdays are usually the day off that the men have, so we don't want to keep them to. Uh, too long. Women's Bible study. We have uh, Elizabeth over there and, and Lynn. Who've, Lynn Johnson has primarily led in recent uh, year and a half or two, uh, has led the, the studies. Um, Thursday morning and Tuesday evening, generally. Um, and right now it's, uh, or you guys are going to start soon on First and Second Kings. Uh, did what was the first, second Samuel, right? So usually twelve-week studies, um, and there are two offerings typically because we know that women also have uh, often have childcare needs, and in the morning, childcare is 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 offered. In the evening, it's it's not on the assumption that usually men are home at that time and they can care for their for their kiddos while the, the wives are away for a little bit to study and enjoy some godly fellowship with one another. The young adult study is, um, it was held by Johnny Searles, but he is not here for a number of months. Uh, but it has been taken over by Matt Cole. You guys might know him. And uh, I don't know when he's meeting, if he's going to keep up the schedule, but it's with, uh, it, 
how the schedule has been was um, two Fridays a month. So I don't know what they're studying. I think they were going through American Gospel, the video, and taking that in pieces. And No? I know it was Job. And there was also the... No, maybe, maybe that was his covenant group. Sometimes it's, I can't get straight what he does in his covenant group and what he does in the young adult. So Job was a topic. Is it, is it, it's not still, is it? Okay. Very nice. Teens. I do the teens uh, study Thursday. So if you have a teenager from 12 to 17, they are welcome to come to our house. We meet uh, again, usually four, six Thursdays in a row, and then take a couple-week break and go through some teen-appropriate material, usually some short book that I read and comment on, ask questions, and there's a time of fellowship and food that precedes the, the study, and it's just a, a wild time. Yeah. There's also a basketball hoop and other things that the teens can play if they want. And I put others because the, the ones above there are, um, are what we have a, approved as official studies you know, as our church, but sometimes I get wind of other studies going on. And that's good. We encourage Men uh, uh, to get uh, to get up with other men just to have their own studies. They don't doesn't have to be approved by the session. Hey, can we study you know, the Gospel of Matthew? You don't need to ask me. Yeah, go ahead and study the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, and some women have done the same as well. They just get together and study a book, biblical or non-biblical book, and just get together and, t- and talk and pray with one another. So we we value. Studies. We value digging deeply into the Word of God. And music, we value singing. The Word tells us to sing. We um, have an opportunity to sing praises to God. We love to sing. It's part of our prayer to God. Music, uh, singing is, if it's you know, a Christian song, if it's a psalm, if you will, uh, it's a prayer from the heart of the singer to God, but it's set to music. So we have um, choir, of course, which meets Wednesdays, and Greta is the choir director, and I'm not going to go out on a limb here to say that she is always looking for, um, for help for more singers to provide that robust vocal uh, exaltation of the name of the Lord. And if you have some talent of singing and you want to be in that choir loft at times, then go ahead and talk with Greta. And there is, I believe, child care. So, there it is. You can be male and sing. You can be female and sing. You can be old and sing. You could be young and sing. You could be in the middle. You can sing. Okay. 
covenant groups. This might be um, the section where it would be most helpful for this group to, to hear what covenant groups are. So a lot of churches call what we call covenant groups something like small groups or community groups. These are gatherings of just a smaller uh, representation of the body of Christ, and the gathering is for the purpose of studying the Word of God, studying something that pertains to Scripture, and uh, a time of intentional prayer with one another. I think some covenant groups sing. Um, Ours is not, though we, we could. Um, I'm sure some of us would like that. And, you know, they meet according to the direction of the covenant group leader. It's usually been uh, twice a month. Some meet weekly, and they don't have to meet on Sundays. I think most do, um, but not. I think one of them does not, meets on Friday. Uh, just whatever works best for the group. And they're called covenant groups, because you're not, you're not making a blood covenant with one another, okay? You don't need to do that. Um, and, you know, if you leave a covenant group, no one's going to say, well, you're unfaithful to God and you've breached the covenant and, you know, you should be stoned. We're not, not talking about that. Uh, but what we want to communicate behind covenant, covenant is just that intentional... Um, you are, you are committed for the time that the group is going to meet. You're committed to one another, to that study. So you are going to be absent only when you are providentially hindered. You're going to make every effort to attend every time the covenant group meets because you want to uh, be committed to that group and that study. It's usually, the study usually lasts a year, usually runs the academic year uh, with some breaks in between. We don't have a hard start date or end date for any of the groups. It, that, that's all up to the, um, to the covenant group leader. And, you know, he takes into account the, um, the needs of the group. Uh, usually a couple hours. Again, there's a time of study and a time of prayer. And most groups, if not all of them, have food-related uh, before or after the study, we do ours first so that the food stays uh, nice and hot, if it's hot food, of course. Um, we can eat it first, and then we have the study. How do you get into a covenant group? That's the question. Well, it's an easy answer. You ask me if you could be in one. <laughs> That's pretty much what you have to do. Uh, you say, can I be in a covenant group? I say, sure, let me, let me see what works. I'm the covenant group uh, leader, director. Um, t- typically, what, co- what we do for covenant groups is we have those who are members. Members have first, first come, first serve. Um, because uh, when you become a member, you have made vows to be involved in the life of the church, and there is this one anothering. In as you become a member, you become a member of Christ of, of Cross Creek. So uh, we don't have. Um, we would love to have everyone in a covenant group, 
Um, but not everyone is, and we, we know that the groups need to be, uh, it can't be too large because we want to foster intentional uh, discipleship, and that requires smaller setting. So uh, if you uh, are considering being a member and you want to see what a covenant group is like, yes, you're certainly welcome to, to come to uh, any covenant group. You just need to talk with the covenant group leader, and I'm sure they will say, yes, come on in and see what it's like. And you can check out a couple of them. And then um, I, I work with the, the session on uh, just who, would, uh, who has room in, in the covenant group and how might they um, get plugged in. And we do have a couple elders who are, a couple, I think one elder and one um, non-elder, but chaplain who would be interested in hosting a covenant group if there is interest. So we've, we've had um, Harry Meredith's offer to host a covenant group. Um, I just don't think there was uh, much response yet anyways. It's not to say that there, there can't be. So there, there is the availability of, of creating a new group, and we do have the somewhat new, I mean, uh, with uh, John Blake's group that Move, it was a covenant group um, that was much smaller, and now they moved to be, be more open and kind of a revolving door mentality. You know, you just come and eat some food and be involved in the study for however many weeks you want to. And that just meets on the second and fourth Sundays after church um, in the, I think, I don't know if the library is still what they do because of the size of the group. I think they go to the ABF room. You have a question? I thought your hand was up, Liz. Okay. And you have anyone have a question about coming groups? You guys are like the teens in my teen group. They usually have to crack some incredible joke, which all the teens just gobble up. God, that was a good one. In order to get some kind of interaction. Okay, Wick. Women in the church. So we have a team of, of women leaders, if you will, and you can see all their beautiful faces on the bulletin board across from the kitchen. Each woman has her own uh, responsibilities uh, because this is a, it's a pretty robust ministry to women. And they offer, they're very intentional um, about putting things on the calendar, various opportunities uh, sometimes in the morning, sometimes the afternoon or the evening, uh, to provide a lot of time to come together and either sing or um, go on a walk, uh, have play dates, and, and all kinds of wonderful things. They did just recently have the the evening hymn sing last week, and um, they sang for an hour and then ate dessert. And um, our daughter, Karis, who's eight, I asked her how it was, and she gave me a big thumbs up and said it was awesome. I don't know if that was primarily because of all the desserts or because they got to sing Hymn 100, her fave, Holy, Holy, Holy. Um, so those hymn sings are great opportunities to, uh, to enjoy some of your hymn favorites that, might, that Pastor Mock might um, not play as often as you'd like in corporate worship. We have the um, 
current uh, president of, of WIC before us. Uh, so if you have any questions, you can talk with her. And we have the husband of the vice president before us as well. You could talk with him, and he could say you could talk with her, Shantae, and she's around there somewhere. Um, they have, like I said, just a lot of, they spent a lot of hours ta- uh, considering how they might bless and encourage uh, involvement and service unto the Lord. So, so it's a very lively, uh, flourishing ministry. Counseling. It's the next one. Counseling is just intensive discipleship. Okay? Don't be scared by the language. It's okay. Counseling's good. Another word for it. Hyphenated. Soul care. Counseling is soul care. We care for the soul. Every single Christian is a counselor. Now, I'm not going to get on... My, my, my hobby horse on, on, on this, but you guys know that, uh, you, you might know, that I'm a certified biblical counselor with ACBC, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, and one of my emphases in ministry is bringing soul care, and not just uh, elders to the sheep, but even um, one anothering counseling, one anothering discipleship encouraging one another uh, when someone's grieving, having just a, a, a church member going to that person and ministering the word of God to a hurting heart. Um, whatever trial, whatever sin or suffering is going on in that individual, we, we encourage soul care. And uh, I announced from, from the pulpit a couple weeks ago that our church has become officially a certified training center with ACBC, and that's, that's a, that was a big step. And what that means is we, tr- we will offer training for people who want to get foundations in biblical counseling, and some might want to become ACBC certified as individual counselors. Um, we offer that training, and we, o- we will offer eventually specializations in that training as well. So maybe in 2023, if not then, then in 2024, I will offer a marriage specialization class um, on fundamentals of marriage, but then also on on interacting with uh, counseling married couples in various difficulties. And then um, later on, we'll look at uh, reconciliation specialization as well. And it's not just for for Cross Creekers. This is for um, the community. This is, this is part of our outreach. Um, people who are outside of Fayetteville could even come and receive this training that we will offer. But the focus for us is just that we have this counseling in-house for one another. So I do counseling, of course, um, and uh, elders, uh, some elders also do a, 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 a count, you know, some kinds of counseling uh, as as needed. Um, they are they are uh, some of, they are the shepherds of the of the church, so that's big part of you know their responsibility is caring for the sheep, caring for the, the souls of the sheep. 
but it's not, as I said, it's not um, just an elder kind of thing. It's a Christian thing. We are bearing one another's burdens, as Paul tells us in, in Galatians. And we are doing this after the, uh, the wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ, who gives us another counselor, an advocate with the Father, the Spirit. So as we follow Christ, the counselor, in being indwelled and empowered by the Spirit of Christ, uh, we then can counsel one another according to the wisdom that's set forth in his word. And of course, we all grow in, the, in these areas. And we will get better at it the more we do it. But this is part of the ministry of the word at Cross Creek. Missions. We, we take seriously the, um, the command from Christ to go to the whole creation, to make disciples, to, to baptize and, and make disciples of the nations. And uh, we have various opportunities, various missionaries that we support, and, and um, we, are, we have revived the missions committee that is finishing up, has, that has, uh, we're, we're working on the uh, missions policy, an updated version of that, and that's, that's before the session and once that gets approved, then the uh, committee will, if they've not already, they're, they're considering different ways that we can minister to people just in Fayetteville and, and even beyond, and uh, having in the future a uh, missions conference like we used to do, um, various ways that we can uh, support the, the proclamation of the gospel, oftentimes coupled with, minister, with mercy ministry. So we want to help people with physical needs, but that's not the primary criterion for uh, determining whether or not we will support any given missions opportunity. Helping physical need is important, but do we, can we help physical need with the word? I mean, evangelism, missions work is word-centered. So if we can combine the two, that would be ideal. And what are some opportunities? And again, the committee is, is looking at that. I don't think that there is a, a cutoff on committee members. Uh, I imagine um, Elder Ron Vogus would happily talk with any of you if you are interested in, um, in any way in, in that committee, either being part of or um, seeing how you can pray. Now, I would say that this would, you'd have to be a member of the church to be on a committee that serves the church. So um, keep that in mind. But you can always pray for that committee. And if you have suggestions, if there's an organization, ministry, that you think we would do well to support, you can certainly submit that to Elder Bogus, and, and he will put that before the committee. Okay, it's 10.06. Gave you plenty of time. All right, you're welcome. Questions as far as the ministries? Something I didn't touch, maybe I didn't touch in the detail that you wanted. Questions from previous lessons? Or questions that have just been burning in your heart 
that are entirely disconnected from the lessons that you've heard or perhaps the lesson that you'll hear next week on Presbyterianism, government, stuff like that. Yes? not we do too <laughs> like how would you defend that what's the what's the answer to this? yes so the question is uh if i could put it this way is is covenant group the the church right so it's some of church members uh it's it's not the the church as gathered for corporate worship and i did a uh, some of the elders and i did a recent ABF series, I think it was actually the one before the tactics one, on the elements of worship and what is corporate worship and um, what we're talking about, what we're not talking about. So we have a very defined um, corporate call to worship the Lord in his word, and the elements of, of, of corporate worship are very clearly set forth in Scripture, and those are what we do on Sunday morning, and in, to some degree also on Sunday evening, we just have an abbreviated schedule. They are preside, all the elements are presided by um, the minister and the elders. Covenant groups typically have an elder who leads, but uh, doesn't... It doesn't have to be that way. That, that is ideal, because that's just another opportunity for the, uh, the elders to teach the, the flock. Uh, but what we do in Sunday morning, corporate worship is word and sacrament. We, we have the preaching of the word of God along with the sacraments of baptism or Lord's Supper. Uh, a covenant group, small group, community group, whatever, is just... Uh, a, a gathering of Christians. So we have a gathering of Christians for corporate worship, but this is not for the purpose of corporate worship. Okay, this is um, select, if you will. You can't invite everyone to every covenant group, though everyone is invited to um, corporate worship. And if we fill this this room up, then we'll we'll get another one. <laughs> okay. Uh, for covenant group, it's you just think of um, of small scale discipleship. And when it comes to small scale discipleship, there is teaching, there is reading the word. There's there are things that we do that it's very similar, but again at a uh, an abbreviated an abbreviated fashion. But um, it does not have the uh, authority. Doesn't have the warrant that corporate worship has. So you can, not, you can never go to a covenant group and be a faithful Christian. You're not commanded to go to covenant group. You are commanded to worship the Lord corporately. As I, as I read, do not neglect the assembly of the saints as the habit of some. You, you do that with Sunday worship. 
So you're not commanded to go to a covenant group. However, you are, you could say commanded, encouraged to actually be with one another. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of different settings where Christians get together and they do things that are similar. Um, but we need to make that clear distinction that what's going on in men's Bible study is not uh, a, a mini-service. It's reading the Bible, it's talking about the Bible, okay? It's dialogical. Uh, in corporate worship, it's not dialogical, though I might ask a question in, in the sermon, hey kids, you know, do you know what the first shorter catechism question is? There's that. But it's, it's actually the ministers heralding the word of God to the people. It's God is speaking through the minister. You don't have that in covenant. You have just a, a give and take. You have some more, well, I think, this, I think the Bible means this. And, uh, okay, well, you might be right here. You might be wrong. It, it, up, in corporate worship, you don't have that. It's, I don't think you're going to hear me ever say, um, well, I feel like the Bible is saying this. Okay, I don't speak that way from the pulpit. It's a pronouncement. And it's monological. Covenant group is is more dialogical, and um, it's more informal. It's, we have this set of scripture we're looking at. We have this book about the Bible or about some Christian themes or whatever, and yeah, it's being facilitated by a leader, um, but we're, com- we're just, it's, it's not heraldic. It's, uh, let's, let's come together and, and, and talk about these things. It's discipleship. It's, uh, it's making application of the Bible. Uh, so no, there should never be a baptism. There should never be the Lord's Supper. Uh, there should never be church discipline in the covenant group. Uh, if there is a matter of church discipline, then that gets brought to the elders and we talk about that. And then maybe the covenant group leader is a fundamental part of you know, just talking one-on-one with that individual. Okay? But it's, it's, that's not the setting for it. Um, this is just, again, another way that Christians can come together to study the Word of God and to be with one another, pray with one another, because we are commanded to, to pray with one another and for one another. Um, so yes, we, we do make a very clear distinction between uh, those two kinds of gatherings. There are similarities, but there is a significant difference. No covenant group leader should ever be um, reading a, a call to worship and say, okay, now we've come to worship. It shouldn't be this um, assurance of pardon thing. There shouldn't even be a benediction. Uh, though you can read the benediction. There should not be uh, someone pronouncing a benediction on people. That's all done in corporate worship. Good question. You well, that's that is one way I can uh, identify you as someone who has a question. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a question about asking questions as a woman uh, naturally. Um, finding this in First Corinthians fourteen thirty-five. Um, and Paul and I were talking about this last week because I asked a question and then I was like, oh, wait, was I was that okay for me to ask a question or should I ask you or how does that work? Mm-hmm. What is the correlation? 
Yes, he did. Thank you. If, if I could put it this way, and correct me if it's not the way you want it put, um, can I ask someone that's not my husband questions? Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the passage you're referring to is First Corinthians 14, right? Um, what's the verse again? Oh yeah, verse 35. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Yeah, that's great. Uh, love these. Uh, these. <laughs> Great questions. First Corinthians fourteen thirty-five. So, uh, just speaking generally, when you look at say First Timothy three, and the elders are supposed to be apt to teach, and uh, in First Peter five speaks about the elders as the overseers of the flock. They're supposed to shepherd the flock. Uh, Paul doesn't mean, hey, just shepherd the. The men, okay. Elders, shepherd the men, and then once you've shepherded them, they'll take that counsel and they'll bring it to a woman. And if a woman ever asks me a question, I'm sending her back to you, okay? That's not what is going on there. Um, there is controversy in, in the Corinthian church regarding women speaking in Context of the corporate gathering. That's what he's talking about there. Okay? Uh, I don't have time to develop that, but you get that from 1 Corinthians 11 through 14. He's talking about the, the gathering of the church. Women should not be up here speaking uh, in pretty much any capacity. That's not to say that there can't be like an announcement before the call to worship. And let me invite, you know, woman X to come up here and say, hey, we're, we're doing a, a Johnny and Friends thing. And Okay, that's fine. Usually that's, we don't, we don't do that in corporate worship. We don't do that just before the corporate worship. Um, so we don't have women reading the scripture up here. That's not to say that women can't read scripture. They can, they should, they, they must. Uh, but... Even the reading of Scripture is an act of the, the minister uh, who's ministering the Word of God. Uh, so the pastoral prayer. May there never be a woman up here giving a pastoral prayer because women are not pastors. They're not shepherds. We don't believe in shepherdesses. Okay? We don't believe in female elders. Scripture doesn't warrant that. Um, no woman should be preaching. No woman should be teaching, leading the catechism, uh, the, the affirmation of faith. No woman should be offering the benediction. That all is done, and, and, and no man should do it unless he is qualified. Okay? Um, so, obviously, um, women have questions, and elders are expected to field those questions. Men can counsel women. In fact, most of my counselees have been women. I don't say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to hear your question. You should go to your, your husband. Um, sometimes it's, it's not right for 
for that uh, because of the situation. There might be some, there might be some abuse, whether it's spiritual or physical or whatever, that's going on. And if I, if I send her to her husband, then I'm just perpetuating the problem. So what Paul is talking about is this corporate gathering. Women, it is shameful for a woman to speak in that setting. It's contrary to nature, as he would say in 1 Corinthians 11, because uh, God has not designed the woman to be the head. He has designed the man to be the head of the home and the husband, the, the, the head of the wife. Should, should it be a, a general practice of wives to consult their husbands before they talk to the elders or an elder? Yes. Yes, it should be. As I mentioned, was it last week when I kind of gave that rebuke and the encouragement on women in ministry? Okay. Uh, Encouraging women to be involved in ministry. But there's also a rebuke on the men who should have been with Jesus. And I made some comment like, you know, husbands, you shouldn't be bested by your wives in their knowledge of the Lord. If you are the, the head of the home... You should know more about Jesus than your wife does. Because you're supposed to lead her. How, how are you going to lead her if you, don't know, if you don't know the one you are leading her to? Okay. Sadly, that's, that's not the case always, sometimes. The, the woman, uh, maybe it's a, a mixed marriage in the sense that there's a believer and an unbeliever. And the, the head is the unbeliever. And that's, that is lamentable. You can imagine the woman saying, hey, honey, you know, got some questions about Scripture. He's like, I don't want that. Get that out of here. If he's not a believer. Or he might just be a believer, but he's you know, derelict in his duty. Says, I don't know. Figure out yourself. Um, but the general practice should be, hey, babe, what is it? I'm reading this text, and I don't, I don't understand this. And... That's a great question uh, to put to her husband. And if he doesn't know the answer, he doesn't just make something up. He has, and he doesn't even say, great question, let's go talk to Pastor Mark about it. Let's go talk to um, Elder Emerides about it. No, no. First, it's great question. I love you enough, I'm actually going to try to figure this thing out. Let's work through this. Let's, let's even do a Bible study on this together. So, uh, uh, and often one concern is doctrines of grace, okay? Uh, just in Calvinism and Presbyterianism, some, uh, it's not always the case, but some men come to the realization that this, you know, Calvinism, uh, the five solas, the you know, tulip, uh, predestination, all those things, the Presbyterianism, these are, um, these are biblical. And then the, the woman uh, is kind of, slower about it, okay? Well, the husband doesn't then, shouldn't then say, babe, just, just submit, okay? This is what I believe. And get on board. Or else what? Uh, that's not bearing patiently with the wife. It's, you, you have some trouble about the doctrine of reprobation? Yeah, I imagine you would. So let's look at Jude. Let's look at uh, Romans 9. Let's talk about these texts together. And say, okay, well, are there any resources? You, you, you might even ask the, the pastor, you might ask the elders, what resources might you have to help us understand this together? 
And we would direct you to those resources. Um, and you have questions, you, you come and you talk with us. Yeah, of course. But it's the husband's responsibility to lead his wife. So he should take every question his wife asks him, uh, especially of a theological, spiritual nature, he should take that very seriously. Say, this is my duty. I need to lead her. Um, it's the same thing with, with, with children. Of course, they ask a bazillion questions every single day. So you can't sit down and say, all right, buddy, let's, let's, let's talk about that. You know, and let's, let's analyze it to the greatest detail. Some of those questions are more weighty. And say, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that. Um, or, I'm not sure I know the answer to that question. Great question, bud. Let's, let, me, let me just hold on to that question. I'll do some research, and I'll get back to you. Um, that shows humility. That shows you are being teachable yourself. And it shows that you desire to lead in knowledge and love those that are under your care. So, short answer is, yes, women can, can ask non-husbands good questions, you know, questions about the Bible, um, but generally, it'd be wise for them to seek their husband. Um, it's it's kind of like when a wife leaves, uh, you know, the husband and wife, they leave and cleave, right? And the the wife is just she really had a, a wonderful dad for uh, you know, her spiritual head for all those years. And her current head, the one she submitted, submits to and decides to have as her head, um, he's, not, you know, he was, he's not a pastor. Or he, he doesn't love reading the Bible or you know, deep theology or whatever. So her um, temptation might be, well, I'm just going to go run to my dad every single time I have a question. No, 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 you don't get to do that anymore. You can Occasionally, and you should talk with your husband about, hey, maybe we should talk to, you know, my dad, because he knows a thing or two about these things. That's a, yeah, let's do that together. Uh, and that's just being mentored, even by that father-in-law. Um, great opportunity to, to grow. So, um, does that answer your question? Yes. Okay. David? Yeah, that's part of the that's part of the um, division. It wasn't. It's not exclusively that, but yes, that does include. Uh, that's part of what the issue was, because he's talking about having everything done decently and in order. Um, but was there a question with with that, or are you just adding to the answer? It is true that men and women were speaking in tongues, and uh, you know, I don't think that it says that the women were uh, necessarily being discordant with their uh, 
their tongue speaking, but the context does... I mean, Paul is very clear that we need to maintain order in the church. Um, and that includes tongue speaking, prophecy, singing, um, praying. So it wouldn't be a jump to say, yes, some of that disorder came from women's use of tongue speaking, for instance. You cannot ask me if tongue speaking and prophecy and all that are for today because I only have two minutes to answer that question. And they would just be, no, they're not. Uh, you'll have to wait until later on this year when we talk about the Holy Spirit. One of the studies that we'll do in November is um, November and December is on the Holy Spirit. And we'll have one lesson on gifts. Yes, sir. What would you say to someone who is uncomfortable with the Advent candles burning through the corporate worship? What would I say to that someone? They, that they say that it's yeah. inconsistent with the regular principles for worship. Yeah. Trying to. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say that that's uh, that concern is probably due to a, an overly scrupulous perspective on on it. Um, at the very least, if you wanted to say that it was in part giving light to the uh, the, the setting, then that should be fine. Um, so maybe some of you are unaware of this, but. We have the Advent, we, we do a, an Advent lighting during Advent, of course, and we do it before the call to worship because it's not an element of worship. Um, it is an opportunity for families to uh, read and for the congregation to reflect. It's kind of like uh, what we used to do is we used to have like a quote in the bulletin and the pastor would read the quote as a way of reflecting, helping people to reflect on what we're going to be um, looking at in the service and uh, what we do in the Advent reading is we read a script, section of scripture and prayer and we have some prayer um, really just to set our minds on what we're going to be, what the, the service is going to be about namely the coming of Christ um, yeah to have the light of the candle still burning um, I don't think that breaks the RPW. I mean, if somebody, if people had a big enough issue about that, say, yeah, let's just snuff it out. I have no problem with that either. You get the candle burning for like eight seconds and then snuff it out. It's fine. I mean, that's not something I'm going to break fellowship over or um, really harp on. Um, I am still the pastor of this church. Therefore, I am still available to answer questions that you might have about what you've already asked or what you have not asked. So the time is up, but question asking is not up. It's just been suspended because we have to prepare for worship, and I can't answer your questions when I'm up there. Okay, So 
email me or see me in person, and we can get together if, if we need to have um, you know, more uh, intentional, just a longer time to, to talk about questions that burn the heart. Okay, let's pray. A wonderful God, thank you again for this opportunity to consider the various ministries. We thank you how, uh, how mightily you work in and through us. Thank you that you have called us to yourself to worship you, to serve you, and to be a help to one another uh, in, the, in our walks with, with you, Lord. Thank you also for the good questions that were asked. Uh, glad that the participants in this time did not hold back difficult questions. That's it's wonderful. It's encouraging, Lord. Um, and do pray that as we continue to study your word together, we would continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Prepare our hearts in the coming minutes for the corporate worship of your name. We pray in Jesus. Amen.